Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to Barb Knows Best, the podcast. I am so excited to be sitting here about to have a fabulous conversation with my mom, as you all know, Miss Barbara. And I just, I'm so excited. You know, I, it's been a little while since we recorded. I've been sick, as you might be able to hear in my voice. So apologies in advance if you can hear a freak in the voice. Um, so it feels like we haven't had a, a real BKB chat in a long time, mom. It's true. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Hi everyone. And your voice sounds about as deep as mine always sounds. So <laughs> it sounds all good. Yeah. It sounds good. You know, fall, it's this time of year when things are know, going around. Yeah, things are going around and you sound great. And I am really excited for this episode. Well, I was going to say, I know in last week's episode, we teased yes. um, and committed yes. to this conversation today. And you have been working away diligently and being, to use your words, absorbed in um, all of the insights that you want to give on this topic. And you are kind of bursting at the seams energetically over there to share all of this. So I'm so excited that this is the conversation we're having after a little bit of not chatting. Well, I think what's so fabulous about, about life and about all of the things that we talk about and the work that we do and just being together doing this amazing work is that we can literally go, you know, go deep dive into ourselves at any moment and come back refreshed. And I feel like that's what's happened. I went on a month long silent meditation retreat and in getting ready for this podcast recording and this beautiful conversation that we're going to have, it brought everything right back. And I was right there absorbed. I use that word absorbed because I was right there absorbed again, back into the connectedness, mm-hmm. back into the mindfulness, back into the purposes of why I go on retreat and the purposes of why we live our lives. So I am thrilled beyond thrilled to share some of my, my deepest darkest findings and all of the things that I love so much about retreats, but this one in particular, because I'd never been on a month long silent retreat. I've been on other silent retreats, but never for a whole month. Mm -hmm. A few things to say about what you just said. First, (laughs) one of the, you know, when we talk about you as someone being on a path, um, 
and teaching and being looked to for insights about life. You know, you talk about your entry into this world with treatment, going to treatment for bulimia, learning about therapy and meditation and yoga and connecting with your body and all of those modalities. But then leaving treatment really started you on this path of seeking and going on retreats and finding teachers with messages that were or are aligned with things that you wanted to learn about. And I would say one of your um, uh, aspects to your life that really speaks to people is the amount of retreats that you've been on in your lifetime and how much time and commitment you've given towards learning and seeking and developing and being absorbed in um, this lifestyle. And because everyone knows that you've been on what hundreds now of retreats, different teachers, different styles, people often ask you and ask us about what you would recommend for someone who wants to go on a retreat or wants to start on this path or um, take some time for themselves or learn more about a practice or just even unplug from their lives for a day or two. So that was one of the reasons why I was very excited for you to share your experience because we always have so many questions about retreats. But then secondly, you know, I think you kind of glossed over this little tiny part of, of your retreat. You were gone for a month silent, 30 days silent, off the grid, not talking to, you weren't talking to us. You weren't online. You didn't have your computer. You weren't checking emails. Had no phone. You had no phone. You weren't reading books. You were completely disconnected for 30 days, which is the longest time that you have ever gone away on a retreat. But also everybody back home when you left kept asking me, days. What is, what is she doing? How is she doing it? Like, how does, how does she, is she okay? This is a long time. Like, what, do you have a way to reach out to her? Can you check on her? So many questions. So I think this conversation will be great for two reasons, because I think you can really share insights about retreats in general, but there's just so much curiosity about even why you would choose to do 30 days and why you're looking at me right now thinking, well, I'm ready to go on another one. So what about that? Um, so really those are kind of what I hope everyone can take away from this because, you know, maybe even from my own personal perspective, I'm someone who's done a lot of similar things as you, we go on retreats together. I don't know if maybe in my lifetime I'll go on a 30 day silent retreat, but I, really appreciate and can absorb some of the things that you absorbed and kind of learn and experience it by proxy with you. So for some of us who maybe can't do some of these things, I think it's a great opportunity for all of us to have the benefits of it without having to check out. I love what all you just said. And <laughs> I have a couple of things to say before we get started. One is, you're right, I went into treatment 38 years ago and came out really passionate about staying in recovery for bulimia, but also finding out and answering that question that I think at some point we all ask ourselves in the depths within our souls or our hearts, who am I and why am I here? 
So I really launched into that. But along the way of going on these retreats, early in, early in my recovery, I have to say probably two to three years early in my recovery, I had this feeling, I was so excited about, I have to share this with people. Oh my gosh, I'm in recovery for bulimia. I mean, I, I'm, I'm actually growing. I'm actually becoming what it is that I want to be and who it is I want to be and all the things that, you know, the spiritual people all say. And I'm so excited about it. And you wanted so, to shout it from the rooftops. I wanted to shout it from the rooftops. And I also wanted to share with people because I always felt like all the things that I was reading, because I am just such a avid reader of growth and learning and spiritual development and all those things in human development is I, if I can do it, you can do it. So I always felt like, wow, if I can do all this, you can do it. So it, that has been a thing. And so this, as, as it has progressed for 38 years, this podcast is just such a joy and such a delight. And I love mm-hmm. sitting here in the living room, having conversations with all of you listening. So I am really excited to share all of this. And then the second thing is you really know who your people are. When you say you're going on a 30 day silent retreat and you're off the grid and they call your daughter and they say, how's your mom? Is she okay? Is she okay? Is she okay? Have you heard from her yet? And then the minute, the day that they knew that I was getting out of treatment, I called Michelle and she said, oh my gosh, so many people ask me if I've talked to you yet and if you're okay and how did you survive? Not treatment. Oh, did I say treatment? Freudian slip, I guess. (laughs) Well, I was going to say the last time I spent 30 days away was in treatment. I spent six weeks away. Uh, but it wasn't silent. So this was totally silent. No talking, no phone, no, no, you're right. You said it beautifully. No connection with the outside world. Everything was, we were taking, I was taking everything in and nothing was going out. So I had 30 days of processing every thought, every feeling, every emotion, everything, every meditation, every meal, anything that I was doing personally, it was all being processed internally and not externally. And there's a real powerful, a real powerful way that that happens to start transforming you from the inside out. I've been on a two week silent retreat with Thich Nhat Hanh. I've been on a one week with him, but never have I been on a 30 day. So it's a lot. It's amazing. Yeah. There's a lot, a lot, a lot to go over. Yeah. So you I want guess, to do this like a Q and A or how do you yeah, want to do it? I think so. Okay. Unless you feel like if there's something that we get to that you just want to riff on then just take it away. Sounds great. But let's kind of start at the beginning of what even made you want to do 30 days silent off the grid? Well, if you've been listening and I hope you have been, and if you haven't, maybe go back and look at some of the episodes. You know, I'm in the middle of a divorce. I was in the middle of a divorce, a really difficult, difficult 33 year marriage ending in divorce. Kind of beginning a while ago, but really started, you know, moving in that direction during the pandemic, during the beginning of the pandemic. And it was difficult. It was incredibly difficult, emotional, sad, anger, all the feelings, all the feelings. And I think in the pandemic, you know, that was kind of like being on a retreat, but not, you know, nothing really was happening in the outside world, except we were doing our work with the hospitals and the universities and all the things that we do but it still kind of felt like I was in a little bit of a cocoon. And then my dog, Ellie, you know, we ruptured her disc and her spine. And that was, you know, a two year sleeping on the floor, taking care of her before she passed away in 2022. And so I just felt like at the end of 2022, I think it was like the fall of 2022. I thought, you know what, my divorce will be final probably by the end of the year. This retreat I saw online when people, first of all, when I'm back up for a second, when people ask me, 
What retreats do I recommend? I always say, listen to your heart. You have the, you have the beauty of Google now and you can search. What, you, what is speaking to you? And go search. I never asked anyone what retreat to go on. Mm-hmm. My heart always led me. I would open a book and I would want to learn a certain thing. So I'd go try to find the teacher or the retreat. So I would say, listen to your heart because I'm not saying that a 30-day silent retreat is for everyone if mm-hmm. you've never been on one before. So listen to your heart and allow yourself to start trusting yourself that you know what you need, which is actually one of the biggest things I got out of this 30 days we'll talk about. But anyway, so I, I thought I would be something divorced. really quickly. Mm-hmm. You actually, if this kind of silent retreat situation is something that actually is appealing to you, you would not recommend anyone go directly into 30 days. No. You would, you know, there's ones that you can work your way up to a weekend, one day, one week, and then you can, 30 days is obviously like an advanced situation. Just throwing that out there. Cause I don't want people to feel like it's all or nothing. No. And I didn't jump into 30 days. That's why I'm saying this. I've been 38 years doing this. I just did a silent retreat for 30 days this year. So I don't recommend it. The beauty of this particular retreat, though, is they had, um, they had mental health professionals there where if you felt like it was too much, you had someone you could go talk to, which I thought was fab- fabulous. Mm-hmm. All silent retreats should have that because that's what I was saying. You're taking everything in. So the emotions, the feelings, the thoughts, everything is, is coming to the surface massively, little by little by little by little. And so if you don't have a way of dealing with that or the fear starts rising too soon or the anger or resentment or the feelings become overwhelming, you've got to have a way to release them. And that's why a retreat is so powerful during the day when we're in the world, we're releasing them all the time and we're pretending like the feelings don't matter because we're just keep on going, going, going. You can't do that there when you're in a silent retreat. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what was the other thing that you were talking about? You letting your heart guide you of, of retreats. And so you, you had ideas of where you wanted to go and you Googled some places and yes. you, you knew um, some, some specifics of what you were looking for or teaching. Yes. You know, I, I remember even before the pandemic, you love poetry and you went on a poetry retreat, you mm-hmm. know, so I, I do think that is a great way to start. You know, if you have a teacher or an author or a poet or, you know, a speaker that really speaks to you, go see if they're hosting something and, and maybe we'll host something soon. We will. I can't <laughs> wait to do that. But, it, and even if you don't have a teacher or someone, I didn't know of a poet. I mean, I knew of some, but the, my favorite one had passed away, uh, John O'Donohue, but I just knew I love poetry. So I just Googled like who, what retreats or what would be available with poetry, you know, follow your longing and mm-hmm. the teacher or the place will appear. It truly works that way. Whatever you're desiring and longing for, be open and see what comes your way. And I went on a retreat with David White and it was fabulous. And then found out that he happened to be a best friend of John O'Donohue. So it was like the perfect synchronicity of allowing your heart to lead you to where you want to go. But going back to uh, our colleague, Lauren, goes on these particular retreats as well. And she recommended to me in the fall of 2022, hey, why don't you look at these retreats? I think you might Mm -hmm. like them because they have longer silent ones. And I know you like silent And so I thought I'll be divorced by the end of 2022. Hmm. I will go on a silent retreat in March. We had things happening in January and February. And I thought this will be perfect. This will be a great way to launch the new year, a great way to launch the summer and moving into the fall again of 2023, which we are right now. But it didn't work out that way. The divorce wasn't final until June of 2023. 
So actually, truly, truly final August of 2023. So I went on the retreat having still been married, which was fine, but it wasn't my plan. Mm-hmm. But I think it was a perfect plan. Life always, you know, we put these memes out there all the time and I know they might seem, oh, wow, sure. But they truly do embody what is true. Life will give us exactly what we need. We may not like it. Mm-hmm. We may not want it. It may be really difficult and really hard. But I have to say it gives us exactly what we need because I feel like all the timing of everything of my divorce, of Ellie passing away, of the pandemic, all the things have brought me to where I am today, which I'm incredibly grateful for. But I, I didn't ask for it. Don't mistake gratitude for I got what I deserve kind of attitude. No, right. I don't think that I got what I deserved. I got what I needed, but I didn't know that I needed it, but I didn't ask for it. <laughs> I didn't want all these crazy things to happen or all these difficult, not crazy, all these difficult, hard mm-hmm. things to happen, but they did. And we mm-hmm. can't control the outside world. So I really get that deep knowing, having come off this 30 day silent retreat that I got what I needed because mm-hmm. I feel lighter. I feel more free and freedom is going to be my word for 2024. <laughs> and I feel blessed, even though it was really, really, really hard and painful. Mm, that's so lovely. So why silent and why, I mean, I know why, but you know, what, why no journaling or no books or no, what is it that that situation provided for you? That's a really good question, Michelle. You are a great interviewer, by the way. I've Journalism always, school. I've always thought that. Yay. Well, you're so passionate and your questions come from within. <laughs> you have a really deep heart. Well, I also can think about what other people might be wanting yeah, to know. I love that. Um, well, let me see. I think for me, going through, when I go through very traumatic things and the divorce has been very traumatic, very traumatic. We lost all of that side of the family in one fell swoop. Mm -hmm. So the divorce has been very traumatic. My dog dying, who I love deeply, dearly, like she was my, my little companion, my partner. Sidekick. Sidekick for 15, 15 years, 15 years. And then the pandemic and all this, all the sadness and all the suffering and all the sorrow. I'm an empath was really getting to me. And then I also feel like I'm an introvert, extrovert. And I don't know if that's an ambivert or not. I I know I've read that definition, but it doesn't quite fit with me. It just feels like I like to be extroverted, but I like to be, I like to be, I like to go within. I think treatment for bulimia, for that, that intense therapy and all of that really taught me for those long weeks, how to go within Mm -hmm. and how much comfort and how much satisfaction and knowing comes from understanding that there is an inner world that is just as real as the outer world. I know there are some teachings and there's, there's always been some things over the decades that the outer world isn't real, but the inner world, no, they're both real. The inner world and the outer world are both real. My passion would be to get people to understand, start developing that inner world so that you can have both. It's kind of like Michelle, when we do our work, we say living your lives from the inside out. Right. You can't just live your life from the inside out. You need to really have the knowing that there is a world inside there. There's a whole world. Um, so I think it was, 
I wanted the silence. I wanted no interaction with anyone or anything. I, I love that. Not forever. Mm-hmm. Remember, remember in my book, if you've read my book, I think the first chapter I talk about as a child growing up, feeling like I'm either going to be a nun mm-hmm. or a queen. I wanted the inner world of, of deep spirituality and knowing, but then I also wanted all of the successes and the things in the outside world. Mm-hmm. Grew up, you know, not having hardly any money and all of that. So I wanted all of that. So I was, you know, always torn, like, which one am I going to be? Which one am I going to be? So I think that's why I like that feeling of knowing myself from the inside out. And this 30 days, wow, mm-hmm. it really surpassed what I thought it would be and was probably the best thing that I've done. Wow. Let's take a quick break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And we're back. So, okay, disconnecting, unplugging. I'll even say that as someone close to you in your life, knowing you, I think, as well as I do, you were definitely needing almost like a break from your life. There just was so much going on, so much. I mean, you were like having a lot of difficulty in your personal life, but then also operating at a really high level of, you know, work and managing all of the responsibilities. And I feel like you just desperately needed a break to reset and to reconnect and to go back into your inner world because so much of the external world was, was asking so much of you. Well, since 1984, I have gone on at least one more like two or three retreats a year. And when the pandemic hit, I went on that poetry retreat in 2019. Mm-hmm. When the pandemic hit in 2020, I didn't go on this, I didn't go on another retreat until August of 2022 for a week. And you're right. I was craving, especially with all the turmoil and the chaos and the toxicity and just everything and the feelings and the passion coupled with all of the sorrow. You're right. And all the work that we did, we were passionately trying to see how can we help people because we could feel the pain and the suffering because it was so real. How can our work start to at least relieve some of that suffering? I learned that on a retreat from Thich Nhat Hanh, my first silent retreat in 1994. He said to us as we were leaving the retreat, relieve the suffering of another human being every single day. Mm-hmm. So I, that was really ringing in my ears all of the pandemic. What, what can Michelle and I do? How can we do this? And we, we did. We were working overtime online, on Zoom, 
So yeah, I needed a break. I thought I have not been on a retreat. I have not been. Well, it's that, you know, you have to fill up your own cup. And I think your cup had been quite depleted. But thank God I have a practice. You know, I was doing my practice every day. It's not like I abandoned all of my tools and all my practices, but I'm a person that has to, has to get away. I need to just get out of the same environment. I need to get out of the environment. Mm -hmm. And all the retreats that I go on are in the woods or on the ocean or they're in the mountains or wherever they are. They're beautiful. You know, hiking the mountains in England with David White was a dream in 2019. Mm -hmm. Who knew that was going to have to set me up for three years, but (laughs) it was great. So I, I needed to get away. I needed time. All right. So you're away mm-hmm. and you show up at the retreat. Can you walk us through what that's like? I mean, I'm sure there's got to be a lot of emotions and anticipation. You know, you're excited, but also there's got to be some anxiety about completely cutting yourself off. And yes, you are, you've been meditating and practicing for so many years, but I have to imagine even your mind was like, can I really do this for 30 days? So can you tell us a little bit about those first few days of what it's like to, because I'm assuming, I also, you told me, but I'm assuming that you don't just get there and you're deep into yourself and flip a switch of like, all right, I'm on retreat. What, what's up for me? So what is it like getting there and settling into something so intense? Beautiful way to start. So if I could walk you through. So at this retreat center, it's a single room. You could also do a double if you have someone you want to be with or have a friend, but it's a single room and it's very simple. It's a twin bed with, you know, sheets and a couple towels. There's a little sink in your room. No bathroom. It's a shared bathroom. It's like being in a dormitory style. And you have a couple of pegs on the wall for hanging things. And that's it. It's a very, very simple, small room. And that I love. That never phases well, it's purposeful, me. purposeful, yes, right? Absolutely purposeful. I love that. Don't mind sharing. Bath. I don't, that I don't, I, I love the idea of the simplicity and the ease of the accommodations where I go on retreats. But you are absolutely right. When I sat down on my bed for the first time before the, we get there, we check in in the afternoon and then we have the evening little check-in and orientation and then go to dinner. When I sat down on my bed for the first time and just sat there and closed my eyes, you're right. I did not feel ready. I remember thinking my mind was going crazy. Oh my gosh, I don't feel ready to be here. Is this going to work out? Because I knew how much chaos there is a lot of chaos brewing here at home with some of the work and some of the stuff for you and for Lauren and some of the work. And there was so many personal things unfinished. We had a lot. It wasn't divorced yet. So many personal things unfinished, so many work things unfinished, so much work chaos brewing happening at home. And I, I felt overwhelmed that I had abandoned you. Mm. I remember thinking, oh my gosh, this is a lot for her to handle. This is not going to go well. So my planning and fixing mind was on overload. You have too much unfinished business. You need to figure out how to call her. You got to tell her two or three more things. You're not ready. Mm-hmm. You didn't, you have too many things unsaid that you need to say. So yeah, it was, had a very agitating night's sleep that first night, thinking about all the things, all the things that hadn't been done. Um, I don't know, just, it was a very intense 
first night sleep, um, thinking of the ways of all the things that could go wrong for you, all the things that could go wrong in my life. I made a mistake, all the things that the mind says. And it says to us a lot during the day, because we talk about this in our workshops with the, the thoughts in the mind, but we're interacting with the outside world. So they're just going, 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 and we're not really thinking of them one by one. And we're not really, dwell, really dwelling on them. But when you're in silence and you're in your little room by yourself, you are really going deep into each thought one by one. So the second day, I was very emotional. I was worn out from, from that mind. And I just felt confused. I felt hurt by all the things that I left behind that was happening there. By, I was angry with the people. I was angry with everything, confused, lost. Oh, I'm lost. What, what did I do to have to come here for 30 days? Why is my life so screwed up back home? Um, why crying a lot, feeling unworthy? You deserve this. This is happening all for a reason because look at all the things, scared, very, very scared and just crying, crying a lot. So that was that whole day. And I think what happens when you're in silence like that, because I've done this before. So that's why it's so tricky if you've never done a silent, you just kind of can bear with it. Because with the silence, you know, you're you're crying, but it's not like somebody is going to come and tend to you or no. talk to you or help you process. You really are on your own, which is also, I mean, really kind of cool because you can not like numb out with other people. You just really have to sit with the feelings and let it make its way through. I'm, I'm assuming, imagining is the point. Well, that's all the stuff that's inside there. We all have stuff inside there that we just keep pushing down. We don't even know what it is. Mm-hmm. Yes, it starts to, it, you can't push it down anymore because there's no, no place there's for it no to go. Distractions. There's no distractions. Yes, no distractions. And you literally are, what I love so much, you asked me, what do I love about it? Because I know this, but it's hard. What I love so much is that you're really learning how to take care of yourself. You're learning that you can be crying and hurt and angry and scared and feeling unworthy and lost and confused and all these things. And there isn't anyone out there to help you but yourself. And you learn, especially after 30 days, you learn that you're a hero. Like you are an amazing human being. And I think that is the point, but it's not easy getting there. So the third day, can I just say something? Oh, sure. Uh You, nobody can help you through it, but I just don't want anyone to freak out. If something was seriously wrong, you have a therapist there. Oh yeah. Two of them. Yeah. There's two people there all the time and they're always checking in. Mm -hmm. No. And, and I think I don't, it, I don't want to make it sound like it's overwhelming, but it is. I mean, just think, I mean, it is. It is. Yeah, it is. But it's not, if you can sit with it and, you know, we talk about this a lot in meditation practices and all the teachers talk about it in the world that if you can sit with your feelings, knowing that the, the issue with your feelings, and I'm going to get into this a lot later, because it's a huge thing that I even learn more deeply. The issue with feelings are not the feelings. It's what we do with the feelings with the mind. That's the problem. Well, that's the Jill Bolte-Taylor. Exactly. It takes 90 seconds for a feeling to come up and process if we don't engage with it. Yeah. So you need a lot of trust, but you also need a lot of experience. So it's mm-hmm. not... Do not go to a 30-day silent retreat without having a lot of experience and, get, and, and without having unloaded a lot of the other things that you've needed to heal from. I mean, I had so much trauma, so much stuff. 
So day three, I started settling in a little bit, you know, it took up to day three and, but I still kept feeling like I abandoned you Hmm. and that you really needed me and that you were back here scared and, oh my gosh, how am I going to handle all this? And, and how could she do this to me and all this stuff? How could I do this to you? How could, oh, how could I have done that to to you? How could Hmm. you have done this to me? How could I have done this to you? Got it. And I felt really, really tired the third day. And, but more settled. And those voices were not so screaming at me. It was just kind of an underlying, oh, left your daughter, you left mm-hmm. your daughter. And I think all the while, I, sh- I probably needed to preface this. I didn't know this was going to be the thing, but when I got there, it was a monsoon pouring rain in Northern California, 32 degrees. I'm like, I've been going to California for 38 years. I've never known it to be this cold. Wow, I didn't know March was so cold in California. So it's pouring and it's cold and I don't have the right clothes. So all of this is happening. So, but I felt tired, but I felt more settled in. So the next day, this whole idea of abandoning you started to tease itself apart, which is what starts to happen. Those thoughts start to become not so true. And it started, so I started asking myself, wait a minute, Michelle Mm. is very capable. Michelle is very smart. Michelle is very strong. Michelle told me she has this and I already know she has it because she knows what she's doing. She's incredible. So why, these thoughts are not real. And she's not saying, why does she leave me? Why does she leave me? How could she abandon me? She's doing her thing and doing her job and probably loving it because even though it's hard, she's the boss and she's the one with all the power. So, so I would, by that time, you could start to find the space in between the thoughts to poke holes in the yes. stories. And what I was going to say, why Sorry. that, no, no, no. I'm glad you said that. You said that beautifully. That's so well said. Why that was capable, why I was capable of doing that. And I'm not saying that everybody has this, but I do. And I've been, I don't want to say practicing it, but I've been cultivating this for decades. I have a relationship. I have a spiritual connectedness and relationship with my dead loved ones, with all of my loved ones that have passed away. Not where I thought that was going. <laughs> well, and I, I love it. I learned this when I started studying all the deep religions. I'm, I'm, such, a, I'm such an avid, as I said, reader. And I, so I read all the different traditions, all the different religions. And it was very, when I lost my mom, and death has been a big part of my life as a child as well. A lot of people died when I was a kid. I really had a fascination with death. So when I started studying some of the other traditions and some of the other religions, I like this idea that, that the body of the person dies, but the spirit is still there. And so if you want to stay connected to them, if you want to have a relationship with them, you can. So I've gone to psychics, I've gone to all those mediums and all that. And those people all come to me. And then when I lost my best friend, Mary, that was it. I mean, I really deepened my relationship. And then when your dad died, same thing, when he died in his sleep, it was like, wow, we really don't know when the end of this body is going to go. So I have a very deep relationship with probably six or seven of my loved ones that are on the other side. So I started calling on Mickey, your dad. I remember after the meditation, the morning meditation, I'll give you an idea of the schedule in a minute, but the morning meditation, we would walk down to the dining hall after the morning meditation at 7.30. And I remember walking out of there in the pouring rain, soaked, freezing, saying, Mickey, Give me a sign that Michelle is fine. I know she is, but give me a sign that Michelle is fine. That's all I said. And I'm walking and now we're in silence. So I'm walking 
down the path, and it was kind of a long way down the path. And outside the med- outside the dining hall, pouring rain, and I had this little bucket hat on to try to keep the rain out of my face. Can I interject something? Yes. You were woefully unprepared oh, for the weather. Totally. Totally. Which I think was... It adds to it, but you It's the were, point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I didn't know it was going to be the point, but as I reflect back, it couldn't have been more perfect. Yeah. So outside the dining hall, everybody's lined up and we're freezing and we're rained on. And the smart people had winter coats and umbrellas. <laughs> Outside the dining hall, I was standing there in line and I saw this little teeny baby bird, little teeny brown baby bird sitting in the grass in the pouring rain with the biggest brown eyes I'd ever seen on a little baby bird. And I said, and I was staring at this bird and I walked up to it and it didn't move. And I said, Mickey, you're here. Michelle is fine, isn't she? And he said, yes, she is. Hmm. And so I was staring at that bird. So the people behind me, like, what does she see? Because it was beautiful. I mean, if it weren't for the rain, the beauty of the place is unbelievable. Turkeys everywhere. It's just a gorgeous, it's a gorgeous setting. And they're like, what is she looking at? Obviously not being able to talk to you. No, right. What is she looking at? So I had a whole little crowd behind me. And I said, thank you, Mickey. I so appreciate you. And never did I have another thought about you not being able to handle it. Because I knew you were capable and I just... Sometimes we just need that sign. And if we can truly believe that there are loving beings or energies around us that are there for us to call upon. And if you really believe it, you know, that whole idea, believe it and you'll see it, believe it. And it's true. What we believe is true. I mean, what we can really believe we can see and we can hear and we can trust. So that was it. I, I, um, so on you know, he showed me the signs. So that was it for you. I did. I was out. I didn't worry about you anymore. <laughs> Everything else came flooding in, but you were out. I was not worried about you. And so I sent a lot of meditations and mantras and loving kindness uh, prayers to you every day Thank while you. I was walking. But appreciated. Yes. So do you want to let us know? Kind of the schedule. Yeah. Like what? What did you do every day? Well, so here's How did you spend your time? Every day was the same. So imagine 30 days of the same, except the last day they, we got to talk for 20 minutes. So it was a little bit different the last day, which you could imagine. Uh, But every day is the same. So, and then as at this particular retreat, we sign up and all the retreats I've been on have been like this because I love these, this idea that you go and also do a service back to the retreat center. You do something back. So you sign up for a job. Hmm you know, cleaning the bathrooms or sweeping the floor or getting breakfast ready in the morning or doing the dishes, whatever it is, you know, preparing the salads or the vegetables. So I always sign, I'm a morning person. So I always sign up for preparing the coffee and the tea and all the supplies for breakfast. So I would get up at 4.30, <laughs> put my bucket hat on and my little teeny tiny Patagonia, little thin, thin, thin windbreaker and walk down in the pouring rain to the dining hall at 4.30. And there would people meeting me. It was so cute. There were like two or three meeting me because when you're first starting a retreat, silent, you want kind of your normal things. You want your coffee or you want your tea or you want your thing. Mm-hmm. So it's so cute. I, there were like two or three people outside the door waiting for me to unlock the door and set it all up. And so that lasted for about 45 minutes, 30 minutes to 45 minutes. And then I signed up to ring the bell for meditation, which was at 530, the great big, huge gong outside the meditation hall. I go back out of the dining hall and walk up the mountain in the pouring rain and go ring the meditation bell for the six o'clock meditation. Hmm. So six, 
six to seven, we meditated for an hour in the, in the meditation hall. And then seven o'clock, we walked down to breakfast, 7.30 to 8.30 was breakfast. And then we had some, if you were doing some of the chores, you were doing that, but then we had some downtime shower, get cleaned up or whatever we wanted to do. And 9.20 in the, in the meditation hall was the teaching from, from the teachers that were there, you know, the teachings of meditation, loving kindness, whatever it was. Uh, it was a loving kindness retreat. That basically. was the theme. Yeah. Loving kindness and, you know, getting suffering. Can you tell us what loving kindness means in case some people don't know? It means to offer loving kindness to others and yourself that no matter. You can't use the word in the definition. Well, it means to show all of your gratitude and care. Like compassion. Compassion. Okay. <laughs> But compassion's its loving own. kindness means compassion. Loving kindness. Compassion's its own thing. I learned this. See, we learned compassion's its own thing. Empathy's its own thing. Equanimity's its own thing. So it's interesting. Loving kindness is just allowing your heart to feel loving and kind. Okay. It's really. I know. It's it's interesting. It's really just all that simple. Just allowing your heart to feel love instead of hatred or anger or resentment or whatever, and and kindness. You know, no ill will. Okay. Thank you. So. And they led us in a guided meditation. So that was from 9.20 to 10.30. And then at 10.30, we did a walking silent meditation. Everything is silent. So just keep that in your mind. Nothing, we are not talking at all. And so, the only thing you're listening to is the teacher's teaching. Right. Only twice a day though. But like there's no right. music. No. There's no, no guided virtual stuff. No, no. They, they led us in a guided meditation after their talk. You're not watching like videos oh, or no, anything. No, just, yes, good. I'm glad. No, keep saying that. Cause I don't know. I take it for granted, but you're right. No, please be in the footsteps of everyone listening. I just want people to know how like intense it actually was. Yeah, it is. So 1030 walking meditation. I'm like when's the time to sit down and like binge watch new girl? No, not happening. <laughs> And, and I, as you said in the beginning, I chose not to journal, not to read books or do any of that. I truly wanted it to be Isn't just, that what they suggest? They do. Okay. Yes. But you don't, I mean, you're the boss of your own life. You can do whatever you're you want. You're in your room. Like yeah, they're you're not in your room. They're not, they're not monitoring There's you. not a guard outside the door making sure. I mean, you don't even, you know, they highly, highly, highly recommend you turn over your phone. Mm -hmm. They do a whole phone ceremony the first day where you turn your phones over to them. And they really, really, really highly, highly recommend it. But you don't have to. You know, you can do whatever you want. You can sneak it and keep it and, right. you know, make calls in your room. But that defeats the purpose right. of going there to begin with. So 1030 walking meditation. Then you go back to the meditation hall, 1115 sitting meditation, 12 o'clock lunch. Two o'clock walking meditation. All this is in the rain. It never stopped raining. <laughs> 2.45, another guided meditation from one of the teachers. They weren't talking to us or teaching us anything. We just did a loving kindness guided meditation or compassion or empathy uh, or equanimity. One of those subjects of, of meditation. 3.30, another walking meditation in the pouring rain. <laughs> Four o'clock, a sitting meditation, another sitting meditation. Five o'clock, dinner. 6.30, a sitting meditation, 7.30, a talk, and a guided meditation after the talk, 8.45, walking meditation, 9.30, bed. So that's the schedule every day. There's no, 
and there's no schedule. I mean, they, they don't just hand you a schedule. There's a little schedule up on the wall in your dorm room area, but basically you hear the bell. I didn't wear a watch. I made it. I just had nothing. I had yoga pants, sweatpants, sweatshirts, couple shirts, and that was it. And your bucket hat. And my bucket hat. And I didn't wear a watch, so you just heard the bell. There was someone who signed up to ring the bell for all those times that I just said to you. And it's a huge, you can't, you can't miss it. Wherever you are, you can't miss it. So you, you just listened to the bell. And you knew where you were supposed to go and what you were supposed to do. Hmm. So I have so many questions. I know. This I might- told you this is going to be like a two, three part episode. Because <laughs> I'd like to have an episode where I actually do some of the guided meditations with all of you too. Wow, we've never done that, but I think that would be very nice. I do too. I think promoting these episodes here coming up, we should figure out how to package them or something to get to, because I really think it's such a fun, like this could be like a little mini mini retreat. workshop or retreat. Yeah. Via yeah podcast. And we could end with some guided meditations. Yeah. You marinate. Told you. That. I told you I was absorbed. Yes. So, okay. So many things coming up for me, for you. I have to imagine the weather mentally brought up a lot for you. How did you manage that? Because you know I'm a weather. Well, no, I mean, even me, if I'm cold and wet and I don't have the right stuff and there's nothing I can really do about it, I'm going to work myself up into a tizzy or try and fix it or ruminate or just be crabby about it. How did you let it not ruin the situation? The experience. It's what a fabulous question. It, that was what the mind was every, every morning when I would wake up and open that door. And first of all, we don't wear shoes inside. So our shoes are outside. Now they're not wet, but they're freezing cold because we're not wearing the shoes inside. So I'm in my socks to walk on the little step that are wet, freezing cold, which are wet, putting in my shoes on. So it, Ugh. every morning when I opened that door, like I'm upset thinking about that. Well, just, I, you got to hear me out though, because this is the whole point. And I just love, you know, how passionate I get. I am so passionate about so many things about this retreat because it taught me so much about myself. Mm-hmm. I hated it. <sighs> I would open the door and I'd say, it can't rain every single day like this. It can't. And, and it's it, not like you can go look at your phone to see like, oh, what's the forecast no, going to be? No, And, and it, I was on the second floor of this, of this dorm space. And so we went up these wooden steps and they were icy. It's 30 degrees. Every morning it was freezing. It was now got, I think the warmest it got was like 42. It, it got above freezing during the day, but no sun or anything. So there wasn't like we were warming up. But it, so at the bottom of the steps, literally there was a puddle because of all the rain and it was ice. So you had to be really, really careful. So I remember every morning it was raining. Every morning it was raining. I'm like, I, my mind was saying, this can't keep up. Surely this will end soon. And that's just what I, okay. I would walk down at 4.30 in the morning and do my thing. This can't keep up. Surely this will end soon. Freezing freezing, freezing. The only way I knew it was 30 was one day, like maybe day 10. I thought, you know what? I think I saw a thermometer outside of the office where you go to talk to the people if you need help. I'm going to go see what, what is the temperature? I am freezing. And maybe it's because of my clothes, but maybe it isn't. And it was 31 degrees. I was like, oh my gosh, this is, 
Northern, this is California, 31 degrees. And where I'm going with the weather story is you're right. It was, my mind was going crazy. When I say going nuts, it would constantly say, it would interject and say, this can't keep going on forever. And I would say to myself, but Barb, you can do anything for one minute. Kind of like, really actually like treatment. That's the thing that I've used my whole life. You can do anything for one minute that you might not be able to do for a lifetime. So stop thinking that you're going to have to do this for a lifetime. You can do it right now. So I just, I finally got a hold of my mind and you can do it for right now. And this is different. Like you're in the sunshine in Florida and it's 95 degrees. This is different. So one morning, I would say probably day 15 or 18, certainly like maybe the three week period. One morning at 4.30, I opened the door and it wasn't raining. And actually, there was a little bit of a blue sky. And I thought, you know, my first thought was, oh, no, I don't want it to stop raining. Wow. And I think the mind is just wild. Oh, no, the rain is gone. Because you got so used to it. Yeah. And I, it it became one of my greatest teachers there. Like, you can do anything. You, my strength was... That you're the power and the strength that you get of knowing how strong you are, which I just learned this past week with the thing that I did, I can do anything. And so I thought, oh, I felt sad. Hmm. So oh, Barb accepted. This is nice. It's going to be like sky. an attachment to the comfort Ex- of the things that kept happening. Oh, beautiful, Michelle. But also, I'm sure that the weather also was like an added um, layer of being present because, you know, if it was icy, you have to really be mindful of what you're doing, not just kind of mindlessly walking out and about or, you know, want to fall or hurt yourself. You really had to pay attention to like every single thing. Yeah. And I think to it, that's beautifully said, Michelle. I think also it, it showed me how, yeah, what you said, attachment to the outside world for my comfort and my Mm -hmm. peace of mind. So I went down there, wasn't raining. I went, rang the bell for 5.30 in the morning, wasn't raining. We went into the meditation hall, came out of the meditation hall, pouring rain, (sighs) pouring, like really thunder, lightning, storm. We lost power for about a few seconds. They have a fabulous generator service. We lost power, the lightning and the wind. And I really thought it was going to blow us off the path. It was so windy because we're in the mountains. It was Mm -hmm. so windy. But okay, be careful what you ask for. (laughs) No more, no more, uh, no more clear skies. So then it rained all the way to the last day. It rained every single day after that. We only had a day and a half of rain and it was cold. And then what happened on the last day? Sun, (gasps) beautiful sunshine. We got to talk to each other or meet each other, 70 degrees. And I remember- So clearly that was- It was all meant to be. Yeah. Well, I remember the person- That's not an accident. No. Because I also, knowing you, like- 70 degrees and sunny in California is your idea of heaven, I think. And to walk in the mountains yeah. there. Yeah, it, it is heaven. For so me. I think you the probably had an, an expectation of, of course, the whole program of the retreat, but I'm going to be in a place that I love with climate that I love. And I'm going to be in this just beautiful, scenic climate. Yeah. But Wild. when I think about it, there was... We had two full moons, I think, that, I don't remember. I know we had one. No, we had a full moon and a, um, what's the other one when it's just coming out? What is that called? A new moon? A new moon. (laughs) 
Okay. I'm not, I'm, I, I mean, I love it, but I don't. We had a full moon and I remember coming out of the meditation hall at, at 8.30, going for our walk before we go to bed at 9.30. And there was just enough low cloud. There was just a light amount of low cloud cover that you could see the moon because it was so bright. I think it was a big moon too or something, super moon. It was so bright. And I remember standing there underneath the, underneath the hang because it was raining. It was still raining. It always rained, just the, the level of it. And I remember standing there in the full moon and I sat down in one of the little benches that they had. And I did a little short meditation. And I thought, this is heaven. Hmm. It's raining. I'm in the mountains. And this beautiful super moon has just enough space for this moment. Wow. And I had to sit and enjoy it. I don't, would I have done that here? I don't know. In Florida, I, it just, you, you said it so perfectly that you really take in the moment and, and you honor it. You don't just say, oh, this is wonderful. This is such a beautiful moment. No, I, so I sat down and meditated again for 30 minutes outside in the rain, under the cover, mm-hmm. the rain. And I think that's the whole point. I, it would have been beautiful if it weren't raining and all the things and the beauty of the, you know, the, the hills. And it's so green there in the winter. T- I mean, in the wintertime. Yeah, it's dry in the summertime. It's brown. All the mountains are brown. But it's so green and so beautiful. But would it have the same effect? I don't know. You know, it just wasn't that way. And I think this was the perfect way to enjoy the full moon in a whole different way than I ever would have imagined. That's a nice treat. Fascinating and very lovely to imagine in our minds. Um, So I guess an interesting first takeaway, since clearly we are going to have to go into a second episode of this. I knew it. (laughs) I told you. Is the attachment to the external world for comfort. And when it presents us with something uncomfortable, if you sit long enough, you can become comfortable and then attach to it. Genius, Michelle. I love that you started this whole recording off with, you haven't been on silent retreat and all the retreats that I've been on, but you get a lot of the things from me mm-hmm. through osmosis, through talking. This is the whole point of what we, why we do the work that we do. I just love what you just said. I can't, I can't say it enough. That encapsulates everything. How do you, how can you accept what the outside world is giving you? And that's where you find the equanimity and the peace of mind and the, okay, I might not like it, but I can't change it. And, and I, not and, being attached to it. And not being attached to it, that it's okay. I don't, I don't have control over it. So right. why would I be attached to it? Why is that going to be the... Why we, is that the source of your comfort? Exactly. And what, what do we always say? We're going to let the external world tell us who we are mm-hmm. and what we can and can't handle? No. We're the boss of our own lives. Well, it's almost like because you are approaching this situation, having never done it before, it's like the silent retreat 30 days is so unknown that something like the weather is even, is even if it's bad weather is more comforting than like the what ifs or the unknown of, of something so intense, like being off the grid basically for 30 days. It's interesting that our minds go to try to find anything to comfort us in these unknown situations. And when there's like nothing like you're in, it'll pick maybe like path of least resistance and be like, okay, well I can really love rain because I don't know what else is going to happen here. 
Well, just to tease the next episode, I, I had an incredible meditation about <clears throat> mud. Oh, lovely. But you're right. It's, it's, remember what I said, the first thoughts I was having every time I would open that door at 430, this can't keep happening. You know, my resistance to it, like this can't keep, ha- I can't. So basically what I was saying to myself, I can't survive if this is happening every single day. You know, it's like that privilege or that I, what's the word that like entitlement, entitlement. That's the word. Like I can't do this every single day. Well, yes, I can. But obviously you never ran with that thought of, I can't do this every single day. I need to go to that office and leave no. and come back when the weather's better or, or check out and get better clothes or call me and ship some stuff. Like you never let it take you out of the experience fully. No. And I think that takes practice. You know, I've, I've been here before, not for 30 yeah, but days, I can but under, you're right. I can imagine, you know, maybe because you've experienced this before, this wasn't like your breaking point, but maybe some, mm-hmm. I might've, sure. you know, you might, Definitely. you don't know what your limits are, but you kept your commitment to the, the retreat, even though you were probably so very uncomfortable physically and probably mentally and emotionally and spiritually. And the commitment the to beginning. myself. Yeah. I think that's what you're going to discover as you listen to this podcast recording these episodes is all of this is meant to deepen the trust and the love and the care that you have for yourself. Trusting myself. I, I did this for myself. Mm-hmm. I was not about to abandon this for myself because I knew that this is what I needed. And mm-hmm. so I honored what I knew my heart desired. And I think that one of the things that happened in relationship to what you just said was hope has been the foundation of my life, my whole life as a little girl. It was always hope. I always this is not going to be like forever. I always had hope. And it was interesting in one of my meditations, I thought hope, yes, is phenomenal. And I've had to have it, but is that what I need right now? Hope that the weather's not going to be like this forever. Hope that everything will be okay and Michelle will be fine. No, because hope has taken me out of the present moment. Oh, at a later date, I'm going to feel okay, but I can't be okay right now. So it was right. interesting. That's in interesting. My, isn't it? I know because I live by hope. And I'm not saying I don't still like, but I, I actually started to shift from hope to the word possibility. And I think that's what, to answer your question about the weather, that was what, okay, what, what, is, what are the possibilities out here right now that I can be okay in this present moment? Mm-hmm. And it's everything, that idea. And there's so many possibilities out there. There were so many ways that I could be okay. And it got to a point that when the when the sky was blue, blue skies, when I woke up, not blue, cause it was still dark, but it was no clouds and it wasn't raining when I walked out at four 30, I was like, Oh wow, I'm sad. <laughs> I don't need my bucket hat today. Uh, but then I needed it when I got out of the meditation hall. So I think that's, I think that's a great place to, is that a good place to end? Cause pause. I think we try to pretend that we don't feel a certain way. So if we honor the feeling and not hoping that it'll go away, but actually say, okay, now what can I do in this moment? Maybe we, I could leave all of you with a, a little passage. Sure. So one of the books that... This is your rodeo. I don't want to go too far. Okay. But one of the books that, at the, as, we said, as I said the last day, we could talk and they did have a bookstore at the, at the bottom of the, of the mountain before we went to the parking lot to leave. Uh, one of the teachers read out of this book called The First Free Women. Hmm original poems inspired by the early Buddhist nuns. Mm -hmm. And I just loved it. Every time she would read one to guide us through a meditation. And I, I remember it was hard for me 
to not be attached to wanting to buy this book on the last day, hoping that they would have them in stock. It was crazy because I just loved it. I loved using some of these passages as a starter for my meditation. It's what I'd love to do in an episode. I think Mm -hmm. people might enjoy. So this was the first one she read and it, it was the foundation for me for my entire retreat. So I'll leave you with this. And I, it made me cry. It was exactly what I needed to hear in that moment. Remember when you go on a retreat like this, or for me, after I settled in after the second or third day, my heart was open. I was willing and receptive to accept anything and to do anything. And so this was what I needed to hear. And it's called calm. How do you cross the flood? You cross calmly, one step at a time, feeling for stones. How do you cross the flood, my heart? You cross calmly, one step at a time, or not at all. These are a little short, but it's like, this is life. Mm -hmm. How do you do anything? One step Mm -hmm. at a time. Externally and internally. How do you cross the flood? You cross calmly, one step at a time, feeling for the stones. How do you cross the flood, my heart? You cross calmly, one step at a time or not at all. Wow. So calmly is the key word in in taking that first step, whether you're taking it in the outside world, in the pouring rain and the floods, or you're taking it on the inside or not at all. So it's always our choice. Are we going to cross the floods of life physically, emotionally, spiritually, one step at a time, calmly, or not at all? I love that. That's beautiful. I love you, and I love all of you. you. Thank you for indulging this fabulous hour of my retreat and how much I enjoyed it. Thanks for sharing that with us and being so vulnerable and letting us come along on the journey. Um, What a treat. And uh, we will be picking this conversation back up next week because I still have quite a few questions for you, ma'am. Good. I'm ready. Love it. Love it. So thank you so much, mom. You're welcome. Keep being absorbed in your retreat until then. I will. (laughs) I feel like I'm on the retreat. Perfect. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening and um, being such a beautiful community to share these conversations and stories with. We are so grateful for all of you and your time and presence does not go unappreciated. If you are loving the show, which we hope you are, please make sure that you are liked and subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify, so that you are always up to date on each new episode and tell a friend about the show. That's the best way to share the love is to spread the word. Um, If you have podcast topic requests or want to ask us questions or want to just stay connected with us in a different way, make sure you're following us on social media at Peaceful Barb, at Michelle Maros, at Barb Knows Best Pod. Lastly, if you haven't yet, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes and Spotify and leave a review. It's extremely helpful for the show. We appreciate it so much and it means a lot to us um, that you support us in that way. Really quick, takes two seconds. If you haven't yet, go check it out. And um, lastly, we still have some merch for sale. If you're interested, we're going to have some new styles coming up towards the end of the year. But if you want to check out what we still have, 
click the link in our bio or in the show notes. Thank you so much again for listening. Thank you, mom. Thank you, everyone. And we will chat with you next week because as we know, Barb knows best. Bye. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.